Lucy Harwood. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging around and I've discovered. Ricky Grove. Fog comes in on little cat feet. <laughs> Phil Rice. This is the best film that I've seen all year and maybe ever. Damien Valentine. Use the machinima, Luke. Well, we are season four. This month has been the beginning of our season four, and this week is our 100th episode. So this week, what we thought we would do instead of do a film review is we would just reflect on our year. Um, So, uh, you know, this is us four. I'm Tracy Harwood and I'm here with Phil Rice, Ricky Grove and um, Damien Valentine. Anyway, so we we were going to do a bit of a, a chit chat and a reflection on the 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 our observations of the year if you like um i don't know who wants to start do you want me to start well it's less observations of the year and observations of our entire experience of putting together the the podcast um for me it has been a a, a real growing pleasure in your company uh, all how many are you oh yeah three mole brain Uh, the growing enjoyment and and awareness of your tastes and your ideas but also an an admiration for all of us for being determined enough to stay with this um, subject of machinima which we are all passionate about for different reasons but to stay with it in spite of the fact that we may not have become this booming bestseller or whatever it is, simply because we love talking about it and we love being together, sharing ideas and discovering new ideas about film, about animation, about technology, about uh, history, about shared personal stories that we've had about experiences on our last episode with Klaus Dieter Schultz. I didn't know that Phil had developed a friendship with him through the overcast podcast. Um, But those sorts of discoveries just make this just an exciting event to get, to get together to do. So I congratulate you all. And and thank you listeners for staying with us for that whole time for a hundred a uh, hundred episodes. That's quite an achievement, I think. And uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, I'll go next because this is a bit more of a, a personal thing about how it's... Ricky, when you had the idea for the show and you approached me and said, this is what you want to do and would I like to be part of it? This was late 2020 and obviously lockdown was in effect. Couldn't see any friends or go anywhere isolation was really getting to me so this, when you came through this idea and I thought what a great idea get a chance to hang out virtually with three friends from the machine learning community which have been part of for a, quite a large section of my life this is something that i really wanted to get involved with and it it did it, it helped me with that isolation because i got to chat with all of you every um well at the time we were kind of doing it was it 
every two weeks, every week. It's a, a chance to get together, and obviously we, we're now doing it monthly, but that's that still works for me because I get to, something to look forward to. Um, uh, you know, when we can go anywhere or do anything, and it helps. And when you know we were more free to go out, I still wanted to do it because I enjoyed that experience of talking to you so much and seeing the films you chose and the the cinema news and all the the graphics news and all everything else we talked about that was fun and i'm glad we've kept doing it after that because you know i I still like sitting down here every month i enjoy watching all the films and seeing what we found or in the case of last week's uh, one of the films we we've seen um before when we were doing the mission expo and it brings back good memories from that time as well so for me this show meant a lot and it helps to that very difficult time I'm glad we're still doing it. Uh, I hope we can continue to let's try that again. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we continue to do it for quite a while to come because uh, yeah, I'm having a great me time too, me too. Mm. Absolutely, oh. I I greatly enjoy uh, these monthly sessions with two out of the three of you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's uh, it's it's I don't know. I've my. I I started making machinima 25 years ago now. Holy crap. 25 years ago. But it's wow. not like it was it was an uninterrupted <clears throat> stream of productivity, let's be frank, you know. It was a burst here and then a big burst there and then you know when when the time came to consider doing this show, I had been pretty out of the loop for more than a decade. Uh, or right at a decade. Uh, but Ricky and I had kept in touch. And uh, to a lesser degree, you know, all of us had, uh, but, you know, they're, they're, we, we kind of were all in the wake of, you know, a, a, a couple brothers came in and bought machinima.com and destroyed the thing we love. That was still, it still felt like dust was settling from that, you know? In fact, I remember early on in, when we were firing up the show, Ricky, we, you and I both were kind of gung ho about let's do some skits and and just really kind of put these guys on some skewers and <laughs> over the flames. And it took us a while, I think, to realize that. First of all, to realize okay that era has passed. But secondly, that it's okay that that era has passed. Um, and I think this show helped helped me personally process that information um to to realize that uh that, that those two things can both be true that this horrible thing happened to what was once what we called the machinima community and machinima still lives um and when the way this this show kind of came to be i think it began with i reached out to ricky and said hey let's do this and yes. his first response was, and I'm paraphrasing here, Ricky, but his first response was basically, no effing way. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's I, true. But but it, it was a sense of, it, it wasn't like being mean or rude to me or anything. It was just sense of, nobody cares anymore, man. They killed it. You know, that's kind of the sense of, and and frankly, I think some of some of the way Ricky was approaching it was, I don't know if I care anymore. You know, after what they did to us, it's all, it's all, everything we cared about with it is gone and nobody's making this stuff anymore. 
and there's no unity and there's no real community. And, and at the time I was the optimist and, uh, and somehow, uh, you know, we came to the, uh, to the conclusion of, okay, yeah, let's do this, but we need more people involved. That's when it expanded. And we started going. And then I've never shared this with any of you, but probably six months into the show, I think Ricky and I switched places in terms of optimism and pessimism <laughs> because he was getting excited because he was starting to find, oh my gosh, there's there's actually still interesting stuff out here. Uh, and and also these ex these discussions are 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 great to be a part of. I agreed with him on the discussions great to be a part of thing, but I, I started getting this sense of maybe he was right. Nobody cares. You know, why are we doing this? And I just didn't mention it because, you know, that's contagious. And I didn't want that to be, I didn't want that to be who I was and, and what I, I didn't want that to be what I felt, but I was really concerned. Didn't take long to rebound from that. And you know what saved it? The films, the films, what people are doing was so inspiring that I just, I didn't forget the past. We'll always remember that. You know, we all touched touched the grass of machinima at that time. We, we'll never forget it. But I think I got over the heartbreak of it for the first time and, and just started looking positively towards the future of uh, this is something I want to continue to follow and, and also produce. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, when we first started, the only machinima tool I had in my toolkit was, was movie storm, movie storm <laughs> which, which, which had been abandoned for nigh on 10 years Yeah, at the time we started this show back up. Yeah. And so, and I'm like, I've got that. It's like me and my old rusty pickup saying, yeah, I'm ready for the street race. It's so stupid. <laughs> so at that point, when I started to, to kind of catch the fire again and I thought, okay, and then what do you know, Reillusion has this just crazy special on iClone 7 for like next to nothing. And if you buy it in this window, you'll get the upgrade to iClone 8 for free. And I thought, well, there you go. All right, I'll do that. And it's taken me, a, you know, it took me a good year before I actually got to be, I, to where I could do anything but launch the program without screwing something up you know it's learning something all new but so as a maker i started to get excited too and then from there it's been kind of effortless in terms of it's not without effort but i'm saying that staying excited about the show has become effortless um for a number of reasons one i'm back making it again and i that's that's my happy place and two the discussions with you guys getting to know you all better as well as these wonderful films that are, that just keep presenting themselves for us to sometimes agree, sometimes disagree on. Um, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I sometimes still can't believe, you know, that, that this exists, that, <laughs> yes, you know what I I'm know saying? What you mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> and of course, 
at some point in there, we started we re we started this thing as a podcast, and now it's not really a podcast, is it? It's it's a YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Who would have saw that coming at, at the time that we started this? It was like that seems like way too much work. And you know, do I even you know do we even want to be on camera? And how's that? How would how would we possibly get that done? And now it's this well-oiled machine, and you guys do just it's amazing what you you know we record the episodes and then i don't even participate in the editing which we need to maybe remedy at some point you know i've i've I've, i'm i'm ready to to jump in with that but you guys are just handling it and then tracy with all the research and news that you do and those views that you bring and the blog would not exist without you um so uh it's just it's just wonderful. It's it's been so exciting to watch, uh, watch Damien's show take off. Oh yeah! And who could have foreseen, at the time he started making that, who could have foreseen that Disney was going to make movies about those same characters and books? He had no idea. Nobody thought that would ever happen. The direction Fantastic. of Lucasfilm at the time was totally the opposite of that. You know, and and here we are, and he's going to be able to benefit from that. It's and it's just so exciting. So, uh, Tracy, since the show has has launched, you published that book. Yeah. No. Uh, well, with is that right? Wasn't it? Well, no. I just um, yeah. I guess I, mean, I was just trying to think. I think it was since the show was launched. It was right after. Yeah, the book was we, published because you we and Ben were. had been working on it for a long time. Just wow. wonderful stuff. 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, you're retired except for your full-time job playing Elden Ring. <laughs> it's wonderful. And it's yep. been it's been such a pleasure to see you find your comfort with that. That's that's not an easy transition for anybody. Uh and uh, uh it's just I don't want to be cornball here, but I love you guys. I mean it. I love you guys so much. I love interacting with you. I love spending time with you. And uh, it's just a real, I, I feel so fortunate to uh, to be in your sphere. And, Same uh, here, Phil. Same here. Oh, we're really turning mushy, aren't we? No, we're getting uh, Sorry about that. First, <laughs> we gotta, I bring we up gotta get back. Yeah. Look out, it's going to get it. (laughs) Okay, now we've changed the mood. Yeah, well, I came to, I'm lovely words, Phil. Thank you. Beautiful words. And the, you know what, right back at you. Sentiment is absolutely returned. I absolutely love what we do uh, and how we prepare for this and how we, how we uh, reflect on what we've seen and how we also bring back the stuff from the the early days because that's really for, for me this is this show is 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 great at connecting the past to the the now and to the future from 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 my perspective good point yes um and i think that's so important that we don't lose sight of where where this has come from or where we've come from in this and i i don't have the detailed background in it that you guys do but i came in sort of mid mid 2000s and you know the 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 book for example that book originally was going to be written with Hugh uh, I'm sure I've told you that um and all of that uh went on hold 
um, when Hugh passed. And and then Ben came in, and that book is completely different to how it would have originally been. And I and actually I think to the you know, Hugh wouldn't want me to say this, but to the better, actually, because the amount of detail and information and um, you know, the archive material that Ben was able to bring to that the writing of that book. Uh, well, we we wouldn't have had that. I would not have thought to access right, that. Right. And also, what it helped <clears throat> helped to do was was um, you know we we did we did lots and lots of interviews with the original community, and we were just coming towards the last stages of writing that book when you guys um, were putting this pod podcast together. And I was thinking, well, you know what? That's a great way to bring those voices from the past back to you know where where it's come to and you know i i guess i had some reservations like like you guys did in terms of what is machinima nowadays having kind of tried to sit back from it for quite a number of years 10 years or so really because i'd been researching it on and off over the years but you know what that first couple of weeks that we got into it and i, I you know i started to pick up some films that were using an Unreal Engine. I could not believe the quality of the work that we were we were looking you. at. Yeah. Uh, and and some of those that work um came out of lockdown projects. I mean what you know what an opportunity yes. <clears throat> that that was for a whole new uh generation of creators because you know it, it's clear that many turn to some of these new tools and of course the new tools themselves had to adjust really quickly in order to let people do different things so we kind of i think it's a you know a happy convergence of stuff yes. that brought yeah. us to that that point and, and actually what i was going to do um in terms of my thoughts was actually sort of not not just reflect on all of that but also reflect on what i've seen this last year because you know, it's moved on a lot from when we first started, amazingly. But but actually just, you know, thinking about the legacy of that lockdown period, really. And I, and I have to say the most, the most stunning thing I think we've seen is this emerging dominance of Unreal Engine and the creative exactly. pipeline um, that it is beginning to offer so many people um through you know through the way that they're able uh, you know people are able to customize that pipeline add in whatever tools they like uh and create work that is just absolutely brilliant and we've reviewed stuff from every corner of the planet which i think really demonstrates how accessible and how democratizing it has become now we always talked about machinima as being a democratizing yes. creative practice but Unreal Engine has really taken that to a different level from my point of view. And we've it's seen free. everything. It's absolutely free. We well, to a point. <laughs> to a point. I mean, you need to, to 99% of the people that are going to yeah. use it. It's going to be free. free in every way that matters. Yeah. That, yeah. Absolutely. Except for the fact you need all the, you know, the hardware to to do it. You, you know, you need to buy some assets and all of that sort of stuff. So it to a point, I think it 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 could not be a better engine to use. I was going to say we've seen it. We've seen everything made in it from 
I don't know, yeah. stories to documentaries to <clears throat> music videos. I still remember that first music video that um, we watched, you know, the, the Star Wars one. Corey oh, my God. That I mean, that was, was so one great. of the first thing I thought. That is just it's still a standout film to me. So many styles of animation. I mean, Prasenberg Ridge was a stunning piece. <sighs> Martin Bell. Uh, that was kind of last year, though. Um, to to just about any kind of scenario that you can think of. I mean, lots of space exploration videos, lots of incredible cyberpunk worlds, um, and lots of emphasis on detail in characters, uh, not just in the way that they look and the way that they move using various mocap kind of techniques, but also the way that they behave and interact and the way that they're generated and whatnot. And that, that, to me, is the most outstanding thing that we've seen develop this year. Alongside that, the other thing that I think is absolutely incredible that we've seen emerge this year is everything AI, um, from, from image to animation to voice and, and sound, and, and just the most astonishing array of tools, as well as... Um, you know, as well as things that kind of link to Unreal's environment, um, you know, just just absolutely astonishing. But more importantly, what that's done is allowed people that had, say, little creative, uh, you know, te technologies experience to really push the boat out with 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 their work. Mm. And I and I think it's. It's not true to say they don't have creative skills or artistic skills or, well, or any other kind of skills, really, because I think to produce the level of work that people are going to do with this these AI tools, they've got to have these good creative skills as well. Yeah. So I, I don't think it will ever replace that. Um, but I do think what we're seeing now is the we're on that cusp that, you know, that sort of transition into what I would say is probably the next generation of machinima. And I was thinking, what the hell would you call that? Is it my cinema with an AI in the middle of it? <laughs> I don't know, but it's definitely got something there, I think. Um, then I was thinking, you know what, um, the, the interest in machinima itself, I would say, has grown again. It's, you know, I think yes, for a long I agree. time... It's not yeah. it's not stagnated and disappeared. It's it's not just about not nostalgia for those kind of good old days of yep, yep. creativity. Um and I I you know I guess I'm bound to say that, that there is an element of nostalgia because of our backgrounds, and particularly when we look at some of the content and we reflect on the early creative practices, which you know, like for example, um um uh, Fizey's um, in-game, uh, in-game sort of photographic um, approach, where he, you know, in order to recreate the film, you had to replay the the dem file and such like. Right. Um, you don't necessarily need to do that now in order to create some stunning content, but I do think what we're seeing is a resurgence of a mod scene, and that mod scene was part of the early days. Yes. But it was invisible. It was largely invisible because it was also about hacking and now it's legitimized. Yeah. And I think this year we've seen that mod community actually be recognized for what it is. And it's it's massively important. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
And I also think games themselves are actually beginning to recognise the value of machinima for what it is too. Um, uh, you know, it, it's it's always been important in gamer communities, but it's it's something that the games themselves recognise. And I think, you know, just in this last year, the the very fact that one of the world's oldest film festivals, the Oberhausen International Short Film Festival, actually had a significant stream of machinima content. Um, I think that just, you know, speaks volumes to the way that machinima is finally being respected for 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 what it what it always was really. Um, to which point, I'll tell you that last week I happened to be involved in a new network that has recently been funded by the European Union. It's a um, it's a network that is aiming to um, arch- you know, d- develop an, a significant archive of creative computing cultural heritage. And I've been invited into it because of... Oh, congratulations. Community. That's cool. Well, I foisted my way in. I have to be honest. I, <laughs> you know, I saw that it was going on. And I was thinking, you know what? You can't do it without Machinima being in there. Um, and they've opened their arms to me as well, which is wonderful. And of course, they're talking about the demo scene. And of course, they're talking about other kinds of creative coding practice, basically digital arts and such like, but Machinima is very much in there. And what they produce will be something that is used to inform the development of creative um, computing policy in future. Um, so it's a it's an archive that's being very smart pulled together. I think it, I think it's a it's another it's another demonstration of the importance of this, um, you know, the significant creative community that Machinima has become. The other thing I would say throughout the year, and and again to my surprise, because I thought for a while it was going to be all about Unreal, and I know we sort of swung backwards and forwards about, you know, what what's the role of Unreal here. Is that machinima? Is it something else? Is it professional animation? But actually, through the course of this year, I have been blown away by the breadth of engines that we've actually been looking at. Um, I, you know, I suppose really, if I reflect on it, we've probably seen very little GTA when you know that was quite dominant a few years ago. We've seen a, um, a few Red Dead Redemption 2s, but actually throughout the course of the year, that's got less. I think one of my favourite films throughout the year was the ma- the modded Wacky West. Oh, my God. I mean, I thought that was a brilliant yes. film. Yeah. Um, and I think both World of Warcraft and Sims, although they're clearly thriving communities, I suppose I'm a little bit surprised that we've not really seen that much that is noteworthy on the wider streaming channels, notwithstanding the one that we've just reviewed this this month, that one that, um, you know, near Stormwind, um, which mixes Cyberpunk 2077 in with World of Warcraft. I don't think we've seen all that much of World of Warcraft. Um, I think astonishingly, too, we've not seen that much of Second Life. We've, we have reviewed a few, including the, um, do you remember the Top Gun Maverick? Uh, intro by Godiva that was one that we really enjoyed Mm -hmm. Um, and we have looked at a couple of others but not as many as I thought um, have been have been there for us I think in terms of 
uh, of what we might look at. And I think the ones that I've been the most blown away with actually are one our films that have come out of the older games. Like, um, uh, do you remember the digital combat simulator film that we looked at by JP? Oh, yeah. The Ghost. Um, stunning film. Really, really enjoyed that. And he's about to release something else that I'm sure will be really great work as well when it when it's um when it's released and also a bunch of half-life 2 um films um and after war i think was one that particularly stands out for me that single perspective through time really mm-hmm. interesting and also patient zero amazing fight scene yep. as well yep yep so that so the breadth of games is something um i think also the thing that stuck out um for me this year as well is the is the humor uh, and the and the depth of the humor that we've seen integrated into the storytelling i thought for a while it was getting really serious uh, in terms of the kinds of works that we were seeing and i thought partly that might be due to the what i would describe as the creeping professionalism of this virtual production pipeline that we're seeing you know in the book for example uh, that Ben and I did, we did a, an, an interview prologue with Kim Labrary, the chief technology officer at Epic Games. And and basically what Kim was um, saying was that, uh, you know, the great difference he sees between um, machinima and virtual production is just who uses the terms. So machinima is an indie term, creator term, and virtual production is something that the industry uses yeah yeah um and i thought that that seriousness that i that we began to see for a while was definitely that virtual production pipeline pipeline um so there were you know we saw lots of gritty little stories (laughs) excuse me some emphasis well quite a bit of emphasis on the on realism and the detail in the shots and the scenes and basically folks wanting then to create tutorials and put a lot more impetus in trying to find ways to monetize what they were doing through all these how-tos and guidelines and all of that sort of stuff. But but through all of that, the humor that un- under underlies it is definitely there. And I, and I would say that we've seen some astonishingly creative work. Um, one that really stands out to me is Oren Cloud's Secret Moon with all that. Do you remember the... Um, the, the 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 luminosity that he'd, he'd captured in that yeah, extraordinary um, absolutely astonishing the way that that was done but also um i want to highlight um uh, phil the film that you did as well crad productions um 917 uh, and and that in terms of its creativity also was outstanding for for the reason that you base it's hidden in this in in the way that you described it, but what you told us about how that film came to be through, you know, the receipt of that random weird email. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to capture that in that, that was just, you know, that, that kind of inspiration. And then what you generated with that. Absolutely amazing. Um, and, and really noteworthy, I thought. And then also the other thing that really surprised me with the work that we'd seen, do you remember the film interloper? I think that was another of your pick actually. The Half-Life 2 mystery, which mm-hmm. was so spooky, it made you jump. It was... It was it's a hybrid documentary, right. faux documentary. 
Yeah, I mean, it was just an outstanding, well, it was clearly fictional that we discovered, but my God, that mm-hmm. was kind of realistic uh, in the yeah, way that it was yeah. done. But such a depth of humour. I think um, one of the things you're highlighting is the fact that our experiences, you were talking about nostalgia, the impact of those early films are being recreated in modern films. Yeah. Which are just as impactful as they were back then. Yeah. Yes. And I wasn't sure when we started that podcast that I would have that experience again. No. And I'm delighted. I'm delighted that we are. Yeah, absolutely. Me either. I guess the other thing I would say is that I'm just thinking, what are we going to see this next year? I have no idea, Hmm. really. (laughs) But I am guessing that we're going to see more generative AI works. Um. And I'm guessing that maybe what they're going to do with these AIs, which we haven't seen done yet um, too much, uh, that I can see at least anyway, is that they are going to start integrating game characters more. Because at the moment they're using all sorts of kind of fine art cultural references, but they're going to start doing much more because they're now going to be more about animation. Um, So I think we're going to see stuff that's, really a lot more interesting in terms of the way the layers of the cultural references are going to be mixed and And not just in not just in in in, uh, machinima as well in animation in general moho just released their 14 and it has this incredible ability to be able to take a figure like so you use ai to, to take a figure out of a game then you remove the background and moho will create a mesh for that character so that you can animate that character i mean arms legs spaces yeah. it's still a little you know still a little rough but i mean it, that means that you can just take a picture mm. and animate that picture inside of moho mm. yeah well I, what i was going to say to which point earlier this week as we're recording on one day alone there were three major releases. OpenAI's DALI 3, Microsoft uh, launched Copilot, and YouTube launched Dream Screen. One day, one day. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think um, to, the, to the point really about, uh, you know, all the copyright kind of issues uh, and artists sort of saying, you know, I don't want my content to be, included in any of this you know what i think the cat's well and truly out of the bag with this because it isn't really just about what that artist's content is it's about you know the the these ais are drawing on content that spans the web uh in so many different ways um you know third-hand accounts blog posts um you know commentaries academic papers all of which are making reference to some other content, which kind of may be original. Yeah, and all of that enables stuff to be created in in multi layered ways. The complexity is vast. I don't think it will yeah. ever be able to be unpicked, irrespective yeah. of what's going on. Whatever legal judgment comes out, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think, think it's. it's- it's going to be a really interesting year next year mm-hmm. for how AI is used. And I am going to be paying attention uh, to that. 
and to, to seeing films and comparing them. But I also want to congratulate you in particular, uh, Tracy, because you have provided a back, an element in the show that's missing from uh, dumbbells like myself and Phil and Damien, because you're able to put things in a, in a context that is authentically historical and theoretical and also culturally as well. And I think for me, it's refreshing. I often am excited about what you're going to say about a particular film because I know you're going to dig into the background and to, to more information about stuff that I wouldn't know about or pick out. So I learn from you and I'm really happy that you're a part of the show like that. Thank I you. am too. Yeah. Well, you know what? I love doing. I love digging it around. I never know what I'm going to find out. Never. Yep. And, I, and I learned that when we did the book. I never knew, you know, when when we put the framing of the book together, I knew I'd got these these chat. We'd got the chapters, but I I had no idea where each chapter was going to lead me. No, <laughs> absolutely no idea. And yeah. that chapter about the alternative machinima story is absolutely a case in point. The inspiration for that chapter came out of a conversation that I had with one of Peter Rasmussen's, um, uh, the award um, that was created in his memory by the Australian um, Sydney Film Festival, uh, one of the award winners, um, who ironically had been working on the iPlayer for the BBC, just came out with a random comment and I, you know what, I dug around a little bit around that comment and unearthed the most astonishing story, most of which I have to say, when when um, Ben and I were doing the edits, Ben's mum read the transcript for the, the book for me. And, you know, I'd gone into so much detail on that on that backstory. We had to take out some of the detail because mm. it was just in contrast mm. to some of the the other work. But you know, I I just we just did not know where the the story was going to go with each of those chapters. Um uh so it was a you know, I love doing that. I love doing the, the yeah and re, and the finding the details and yeah the, the connections between things. Yeah, it, it's invaluable. Your your input is invaluable. The show would not be the same without you. You're too kind, thank you. Yep. Well, I've got nothing else to say, so thank you very okay. much. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, um, I mean, how lovely to talk to you guys about our reflections on the on this yeah. 100th episode. Thank you so much for your um, input. It's absolute delight. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's a delight to work with you, all of you on this, um, and hear all of your different perspectives. Um, so that's it for our 100th episode. I hope you've enjoyed following this as much as we've enjoyed um, working on the show and um, we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.